You're listening to the Mini Market Podcast presented by Tellum Sports. Welcome back to the Mini Market Podcast, Sunday, July 18th. The gang is all here. I am Dalton with Isaiah, Lucas, and Connor. Connor, it's a huge week for your Minnesota Wild. A lot happened this week, a lot to happen, a lot of stuff just announced. I'll let you take it away. All right, ladies and gents. Uh, Dalton, you're right. It's a big week for the Wild. Um, expansion draft is on Wednesday, the 21st this week. Um, had some big kind of shakeups at the end of last week with the team. Um, I'm not sure if it was a surprise to a lot. It was a surprise to me. But the Wild uh, bought out Parisi and Suter last week at the end of, at the uh, I think it was Thursday last week. But regardless, bought them out, and uh, it's it's interesting. I don't know if if anybody has a take on that. If any, how how do we feel? Honestly, for me, I remember when they signed them. I think it was like 2008, and it's like that was kind 2012. of 2012. 2012, geez, way off. Uh, but 2012, like I remember that do was you such remember a, it? such a huge off season, like they were the two largest free agents at during that off season. And, and it was huge for them to bring those guys back to the Midwest. Uh, obviously Parisi is from Minnesota and Suter grew up, I believe in Wisconsin. So um, kind of cool to bring those guys back to the Midwest and, um, and yeah, nine years later, here we are and shipping them off. And it seems like it makes sense to me, but um, how about you guys? Any thoughts on the matter? Yeah. Um, I just remember you had, bringing them both in too, not just like getting one big guy, but getting them both was like the, the big deal that I remember. But so it's kind of fitting that they're both leaving, you know, at the same time, I was kind of only expecting if they were going to buy anyone out just Parise, just because he's been kind of like, you know, he was getting healthy scratch. We've talked about, you know, potential beef kind of with Everson the whole, beef. the whole last, you know, couple months here. So it was kind of surprising for me to see both of them actually actually go because i know Suter was still contributing in in some way shape or form there so i don't know i guess yeah like i said it's probably fitting they both got came here together probably should go together start starting to rebuild quote unquote connor you said it surprised you i think another person that surprised was ryan Suter. yeah <laughs> have you read the reporting it said like he hung up on bill garen when bill garen called him to let him know that he was getting bought out wow. like he was not expecting that they said parise was you know, excited, like ready for a new opportunity, but Suter was pissed. And you've talked about it in previous podcasts. Like he was, he, he wasn't, he's not the player that we, you know, got when we signed him in 2012, but he was still very much a contributing member of the defensive core. And sounds like he was just as surprised as you that he got bought out. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think you can see on, on the offensive end, Suter really is not, not really a huge factor, but in the NHL, you need guys who are both offensive and defensive defensemen, and we have some good offensive defensemen um, with Spurgeon and Dumba. But, uh, yeah, I think I think towards the end of last year, a lot of people saw him maybe get, maybe getting beat. He's still a heck of a force in front of the net, but I think just the the speed piece, some of the these younger players that have really high-end speed um, can beat him around the edge, and he's end up taking more penalties probably than they would have liked, and then – getting beat on goals and that sort of thing so I mean when you step back it probably makes a little bit of sense but it's just shocking because he totally seemed content you know remaining here for his entire career 
Yeah, I, I, I kind of thought that was a good sign for the Wild in general, that he was so upset to be cut from the team or like bought out. I think it, I think we've all felt like they're actually building something and Garen is doing a pretty good job of constructing a, a competitive roster. And I think Suter saw that because, I mean, he's been here for a long time and he's he's seen a couple of regimes. And I think he, from the inside out, had a good feel that this team might be going somewhere. And so I think he is that was part of the frustration for him is that like he put in a lot of time here and he's that guy getting you know he's going to be the the first guy out on a potentially really good team so um that was kind of how i thought about it it was like yeah i'd I'd rather him be mad than not because if he's not mad that means he thinks it's a sinking ship in a sense yeah yeah prize i mean like you said it was pretty obvious that he was on his way out and uh you know, he seems like a good guy, genuinely. Um, so I, I wonder where he's going to land. I kind of hope he does fairly well. I got no ill wishes towards him. And hopefully he doesn't cut in line. Uh, he learned his <laughs> lesson. Doesn't cut in line for the sloppy Joes wherever he ends up next. New Jersey or whatever. Yeah, I would say just wait your turn, Zach. Yeah. You're the new Can't guy wait again. to see how they haze him at, the, at this new location, being, being a new guy. But yeah, I think you hit it on the head. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where they land. I think Parise throughout this process of being a free agent, we'll probably have a realization that like, okay, I'm just not, I'm not where I maybe thought I was. Cause I assume that he's, you know, going to get signed to a team unless he wants to go to a crappy team, which he's been adamant. He wants to go to a contender. I just don't see him um, being a productive member of the top two lines on a contending team. So he's going to have to get his arms around or his mind, maybe better said or better said um, around being like a third, fourth line contributing guy. Um, obviously wherever he signs, they probably are assuming they won't scratch him like he did here. So it'll probably be a better fit. But one thing I thought I saw from a contract standpoint, so they were each owed, um, like $7.5 million. That was like their cap hit going forward. And so buying them out results in the, we still have a cap hit for eight seasons. So that's kind of, um, a bit daunting. The first season, it's 2.3. So obviously this next year, we save a bunch of money in the cap. Um, but after that, the second season, it's 6.3. So we only save 1.2 million. And then for the third and fourth seasons, we only save about a hundred and just under 200,000. So those third and fourth seasons, it's, it's a little intimidating to me right now, unless they increase the cap. But I mean, we really don't save money three and four years from now, which, you know, you we talked about the twins last week in the window opening and closing really quickly. I mean, if we can get Kaprizov signed long-term, we just signed um, Erickson Eck long-term. Like it looks like we're going to have a nice little window here of production where Marco Rossi's coming up and we got some good young guys in the system. Our defensemen are signed long-term. So that's a little intimidating to me that, you know, this buying these out, we're still going to be paying them basically their entire salary in years three and four from now. And then after the year four drops off to where we're, only, we're paying them less than a million and we're saving a good chunk. So, you know, the long term, it looks like good play, but it's a little intimidating that in the next few years, we're not really saving as much money as maybe we thought we might. That makes me think Bill Guerin is eyeing like next season, like the next, next season or two really as the window to make that push. And that's exciting because like the twins, they never go all in. They never make the big move. Well, this is kind of making a big move and saying, okay, well, it's going to hurt us in three and four years, but we're going to win now and we're going to 
do everything we can to maximize our chances next season and the season after that. So let's go wild. Yeah, it's honestly, it's kind of refreshing to see someone just do the cannonball, not just dip the toe in, right? Splash. Uh, I, I think I agree. Like he's definitely eyeing uh, the next couple of years. And I think he's probably also eyeing a couple players that he wants to try to make a move for and, and maybe get some uh, big signings. I know Eichel has been tossed around a lot in like the wild community, but really adding like a super good top line center. Uh, somebody for Kaprasov to just dominate with. Uh, I also think this is kind of like we've talked about it in the past with the Wolves and Rosas, but like this is that type of move of Garen knows that like, yes, the team's window is limited right now potentially, but like his window is also limited like every other GM. Um, so he knows that he needs to start making some big moves in the next couple of years to get a, another contract for himself. So what's good for the team right now is good for him, maybe. But if he's gone, like if, if this is a disaster and the wild are terrible in the next three years and he's gone, then the new guy comes in with this, like Connor showed, kind of cap nightmare of you're paying two separate guys seven, seven and a half, and you don't even get any production or even a body from either of them. So it's sort of that short-sightedness that uh, pro sports have become, especially from the yeah, one thing General I will managers. say, um, at least traditionally, and and maybe you guys could fact check it. The Wild have typically been pretty lenient with their with their management team, and maybe that's just going back a little ways. Like they've actually been one of those who have kind of taken Isaiah's approach of being like, let's let this thing grow, let's see what they can do, let's give them three, four, five years to like actually figure it out, because there is a, certainly a rebuild right away. And and did we rebuild? No, we've made the last the playoffs the last two years, but we really are kind of rebuilding the core of the team with this move. And so, you know, I think I love it. I think Bill Guerin's done great. I think he's done a good job. Like let's make this team what I think is going to be a winner because at the end of the day, it's I'm getting canned. So, you know, I think it's great. I think so this off season, we have 20, just over 26 million in cap space. So like Isaiah was talking about, there's definitely some moves to be made. Um, Eichel, obviously a huge one. I did see Sam Reinhardt too. Not sure if I mentioned him or not, but he, uh, he's the second line center on the Buffalo Sabres also is like, was Eichel's teammate. And, um, and he's a really, a really solid top end center. I mean, he, he'd probably be a, a solid number one center for a lot of teams. Um, the irony that they're both on Buffalo, two good centers and Buffalo sucks, but, um, but yeah, so I think there's a potential for a move there. I'm just curious from what I read a little bit of Eichel, some people are saying four first round picks for Eichel. And that's just, you, you can't, right? You can't do that. I don't think that's just, I mean, that's forever. That's just giving up on the future. It's, and just It's saying, now hey, or never. Yeah. If you do yeah. that, it is now or never. Yeah, like I think a lot of people could get their head around a two first round picks, a second, and maybe a player. But I mean, four first round picks. We'll be looking back on that for a long time, saying who did we, who did they get in this spot, or who could we have gotten that spot? That's kind of the feeling I have. Connor, you mentioned cap space that the Wild have this off season is like twenty six million. Is Minnesota a free agent destination in hockey? Like it, NBA players avoid it like the plague. It's hard to get any sports players really to come to Minnesota because it's a small market. But as a non-hockey guy, it seems like we're the state of hockey and it could actually be a place that hockey players want to come. 
Is that the case or do hockey players still want to go to markets like LA, like New York? I think a lot of it depends on the player. I just think in hockey, there really isn't as much of that stigma because a lot of random places are winners, you know, like Tampa Bay. I wouldn't say that's necessarily like a major market. St. Louis just won a Stanley cup recently. You know, I just think as in hockey, there's not that much of that. And I don't know really why, if it's the type of players where guys are under longer contracts or something. And so the, or if more guys just kind of don't understand the United States because they're international players. So they're just like this place, this is the place to sign me. So I want to be here. I don't know. Maybe that's not giving enough credit to for um, foreign players. Maybe. <laughs> but I mean, with a, a ton of guys coming from Canada, I think like Montreal in general is a big, a big landing spot just because, you know, Montreal has this insane history of being awesome. But in general, I don't think hockey has the same appeal that basketball does with insane markets where it's like, you got to be in LA, you got to be in New York, you got to be in Miami, whatever you, what have you on that front. So apologies to any foreigners that felt offended by that. If there, if there's one thing I know about hockey guys, they'll find a way to have their fun no matter where the hell they are. Yeah. I will say I bet Vegas is probably like the ideal landing spot for most <laughs> hockey players. But outside of that, like, I mean, New York really hasn't been like really great in the last few years. They kind of are coming on now, but really it's all players that are typically built within. So that's the thing. You stay with your teams for a longer time, which is kind of like MLB that way. But when they become free agents, it seems like more guys in the NHL are willing to re-sign with teams um, because of kind of what they've built there and the relationships there. Honestly, like to keep dragging on foreigners, I mean, it, some of it might be a language thing too. A lot of times, like if you get a handful of Swedes on your team, that might be, you know, a bit of a, a helper to sign a Swede because it's like, well, sweet, there's six guys on this team. I won't have a horrible language barrier with potentially. I think part of it too is that, like, let's just compare to the NBA, like these guys are not the same level of superstar if you're a hockey player and you don't have the same financial capabilities that NBA players have. Uh, I'll be interested to kind of see how that goes now that the NHL has two new contracts with TNT and ESPN. I'd say those are two brands that have done a really good job of growing the NBA and growing individual players. I think that they've been like the poster child for a, like leagues ability to create uh financial resources and capabilities and possibilities for its players. I think the NBA has done the best. We know MLB is probably the worst. NHL is fairly low, I think, in terms of creating individual superstars, especially recently, uh, especially like when NBC was tucking away their playoff games on like random networks in the middle of the day, Love overlapping, like just no type of, uh, yeah, it's just not great. So I think, I think it might start to change a little bit potentially. Like if these, two contracts like take off and the like league starts to grow guys start getting bigger contracts more exposure like then do they decide like okay i'm a, i'm like a kind of a star like i want to be in la with all the other stars like does that start to happen then because right now i would say i agree with a lot of things connor said and it's also like i just feel like hockey players care more about winning like they just want to be on good teams. yeah i think you hit the nail on the head i think the tnt espn things grew a really good point because there's probably a case to be made. It hasn't shown up in the Stanley Cup, you know, situation, but the Canadian teams have probably the, some of the best markets because, you know, Hockey Night in Canada is such a huge deal there. Um, 
TSN is Canada's like major network. They do a really good job of just like covering the teams and the athletes. And so I would say that Canada does a better job with their eight teams than, or seven teams than, than uh, the United States portion of the, of the NHL. So that's an interesting point. We'll see how that, you know, hashtag could grow the game going forward with uh, ESPN and TNT being involved. Oh yeah. One thing that I found that was kind of interesting in the expansion, I don't know if anybody saw this, but it was yesterday or two days ago that Cam Talbot's wife tweeted something out like uh, the some, I think the Kraken tweeted, uh, Seattle Kraken tweeted that they were excited for the uh, expansion draft and see what moves and see what new players they get. And she tweeted, um, kind of tweeted back them being like, yeah, so excited. And everyone was kind of looking around like, wait a minute, are like, are they going to take Talbot? Like he just had a great postseason, and her tweets kind of were like alluding towards, Hey, we're going to Seattle. Like she already had like kind of the inside track. Already on got it. The so place. I think a lot of people were, yeah, she's, she's already looking at listings in the area or something. Then she tweeted um, the next day, like, you know, we don't actually know, you know, what's going on. We have no idea who's protected all this stuff. And then Talbot ends up being, protected which i think a lot of people for a while were thinking that it would be kakinen because he's younger and he's kind of he's the potential future goalie here so that was one interesting situation for me was the lead up with um cam talbot's wife tweeting stuff out that looked like he was leaving and then he is protected and now oh could they take kakinen he didn't finish strong down the stretch but he had a really good stretch during the season so i think the goaltending will be interesting as we um as we come down to uh to the 21st here on Wednesday. I think them protecting Talbot was just another sign of that Garen understands that there is a window and it could potentially close really fast. So he's trying to take advantage of everything that they have going right now and he's trying to make this thing happen in the next two, three years. I think that's a really clear sign of how they perceive their team relative to the rest of the league. And they think they're doing pretty well, which is it's super exciting, I think. Well, that's a, that's a good segue. Connor, do you want to actually run through the wild announced who they protected. So do you want to run through who they did protect? We haven't actually talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, today it was announced that the wild are protecting. Um, they chose the route of doing seven forwards, three defensemen and goalie. So they protected uh, Joel Erickson, uh, Kevin Fiala, Marcus Felino, Jordan Greenway, Ryan Hartman, Nico Sturm and Mats Zuccarello on the front end. Um, defensemen, they protected pretty obvious Brodeen, Dumba, and Spurgeon. And then Cam Talbot was chosen to be protected over um, Capo Kakinen. For me, I mean, I think this was, you know, probably ideal for how it played out for them. Uh, getting to keep Dumba, I definitely think everyone in the NHL thought he was going to be a goner um, with us having to protect Suter and Prize. But with that move, really opens up opportunities to hang on to young guys. Um, we There's a chance we would have maybe lost Hartman, Sturm, or Greenway had we not made the move so I think that that uh to me this seems like the right play and maybe we'll look back in two years and be like why the heck did the wild not protect x y or z but um just for a clarification anybody who's wondering um Kaprizov cannot be selected in the expansion draft so just a disclaimer that they didn't choose not to protect him that would have been insanity and they basically would have moved the franchise if that would have happened so um he's not not eligible due to his he's on his rookie contract so 
Yeah, I had a uh, little stomach drop moment when I saw the list come out, and I was like, oh, my God, where is Kaprizov? And then I remembered, okay, yeah, he's he's exempt from this whole whole deal. So if that happened to you, you're not alone. Oh, yeah. Who do you think wouldn't have been protected had they not bought out Suter and Parise? I know previously we talked about who you thought they might protect, and Suter was on that list. Obviously, he was going to be around and had his no-move clause. So – who do you think would have been left off had Suter still been on the roster? I think the two players are are Matt Dumba for sure, because um, because Spurgeon and Brodine have to be protected. So they basically were locked into those three defensemen. But it was just a matter of if they were going to do four forwards and four D or seven forwards and three D. Um, I think no matter what, it was going to be the seven and three because just the ability to you know protect two more assets is huge. And then on the front end, I think Ryan Hartman probably would have been the player that would have been up for grabs. And I think that would have, that would have hurt the wild considerably because in the playoffs, he was, he's a grinder, you know, he's a guy who he goes into the dirty areas. He's got a decent sized frame. um, And he's not exactly lighting the lamp every night or getting on the score sheet a ton, but he does a lot of kind of little things that really help a a playoff team Team um, down the stretch team guy. Ike loves this guy, yeah. I've been saying it all year. I love Hartman. He's the guy who always seems to be in the right place. That was how I felt about Hartman all year. He just seemed to be the guy in the right place at the right time, which isn't luck. It's mm-hmm. a credit to what all the things that you just said of the way that he plays the game. Yeah, and, and to kind of transition into some of the other roster moves on the wild, um, two, a few interesting points. Unrestricted free agents are Bonino, uh, Johansson, Ian Cole, and Brad Hunt. So those are four guys that will need to be replaced on the roster or re-signed. So I think it's interesting, you know, some of that 26,000 are going to be, the cap space is going to be used up in re-signing those guys or signing replacements that are kind of the same level. But it'll be interesting to see what the Wild do. I really think they have to bring back Ian Cole. I think the fan base loved him. I think he was a really productive member of the defensive core there. I could see him being one of the top four defensemen potentially. So definitely would like to see them bring him back. Um, other than that, the, the other guys are really, I, I have no idea if they, if the wild are interested in bringing them back or maybe at a, at the right price they will. Um, but it opens up a ton of fun possibilities for the off season. The wild could go out and get some big names or could go out and get, you know, a big name and some good role players that would really help us bolster a, a potential Stanley cup run here in the next year or two so do we think that the kraken are going to take carson susie do you think that's a guy we might end up losing i know we didn't protect him and some people are like oh do we protect susie not uh and so if if they do then we're looking at replacing two of our kind of top level defensemen with uh Suter being gone as well uh who do you think do you think that's going to come internally, Connor? Do you think it's going to come from, like, is a guy like Kalen Addison ready to step up and play? I know you said Ian Cole. Like, maybe can he take on a bigger role? Or do you think they're going to look to try to make a move this offseason for a top four defenseman? And I know Carson Soucy isn't that, but uh, what do you think? Yeah, for me, I think I think they re-sign Cole, and I think they expect Kalen Addison to be a top four defenseman. I think what they saw from him in the playoffs – um, was was enough to probably indicate there's an opportunity there for him to grow into that role. I think they were really excited about him, and they saw him as a top four defenseman when we got him in the Zucker trade. 
And then when he played in the HL, I think they got a little nervous, to be honest. I don't think they saw the production level they wanted. Um, for me, I think Carson Soucy would be a solid player for, for the Kraken to take. Um, it, would, it would definitely be a bummer from the Wild standpoint. Uh, one uh, homer reason is that he played at UMD, so it's always fun to have those people who played college locally and he's from the area be able to stay here. But he's also just a, a solid defenseman. He's not going to make, you know, insane plays. He's not going to, you know, score a bunch of goals or anything like that, but he just does his job and he does it well. And I think for a new franchise like the Kraken, to get a guy in there that does that, who, you know, maybe he'll be a second line D pairing for them or a third, and you can just trust that he's going to be reliable on the back end for them. I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, I don't see a ton of like firepower on the front end that they would go after. I mean, potentially it's always hard to predict if they're going to take your goalie, but they could take Kako or Capo Kakinen potentially. So I think I, I would say that's probably the most likely player is Carson Susie. End up. I don't know. Do the Kraken take one player from every team, two players. How many players are the wild going to lose? Uh, just one player. Unless they have a situation like last season uh, or last expansion draft, they like, Traded a guy for basically nothing. That we've talked about this before, and it was to protect other people. And then, so we ended up losing two in that one. But in general, it's just one player taken in the draft, in the expansion draft. Excuse me. Excuse me. It'll be interesting if Susie does go, because most notably, like you said, he's a he's a solid guy. He's you know. Dependable, reliable defenseman. He's also by far their biggest defenseman, and it's like not even close. Yeah. And I understand that the game's gotten like a lot faster, but it hasn't necessarily gotten a lot smaller. Like bigger guys are just way more skilled now in the NHL than they were. So it'll be interesting to see like if Wild just roll out the all under six two like defenseman grouping. Like no, no really big guys. Ian Cole is thicker than most, but. If you lose Susie, you're losing a lot of size. And then you're replacing him with like Kalen Addison, who's not that big either. Be interesting to see. Yeah, to, to Ike's point, um, just for the background, so Spurgeon 5'9, Brodeen a monster at 6'1 for our defensive pairings, Dumba six foot, Brad Hunt 5'9, Kalen Addison 5'11. So uh, definitely not a large D pairing. Susie 6'5, so that adds a lot of size. Some of the other guys on the roster that could make the move up is uh, Louis Belpedio, who's 5'11", or Dakota Mur Mermist, who's six foot. So really not a lot in the, uh, in the proverbial hopper within, with the size game. And a lot of these guys are offensive defensemen, um, and every single one of them is a right shot defenseman. So you got to imagine that they'll try to go get maybe a big left shot defenseman. Um, here going forward the kraken's logo and their name is so much cooler than the wild's logo and the wild name i'm just looking at the the tweets that have the wild and the kraken in them man i'm jealous i don't like the wild's color scheme i think we need a red and the green look the same line. to me man. oh yo yeah you <laughs> think we need a rebrand out yeah big time Go back to the North Stars colors. Yeah. Oh, those At least I can see those. Those are much sweet. Would enjoy them going back to the North Star colors. Man, the Kraken does. I I like the Kraken colors a lot. Like the 
It's kind of a cool. I like the name too. It's kind of a cool name. Well, this is the time. Get on the ground floor if anybody wants to jump ship on the wild. And <laughs> yep. There you Maybe go. I'll just add a team. Yeah, because you, know? you watch a ton of hockey asses. Yeah, so big hockey guy. <laughs> if you if you could change one team pass. name for like the big four Minnesota sports, what what name would you change? Is it the Wild for you? Hundred percent. Take gotta change up the Wild. All right, give me some. What do you got? What's better? Boy. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> the Kraken? <Wow. laughs> yeah, tons of Krakens rolling around in the lakes here. Oh. The Muskies. The Walleyes. Ooh, Already mus- owned and well, they, What, the Timberwolves yeah. had the, uh, yeah, Timberwolves had See, the Muskies, for me, right? I think the Twins. I don't, I, I don't, the Twins is kind of cute and stuff, but. Shut up. The, the Twin yeah, Cities, the twin it, it goes worse, right but, away. I, mean, just, like, I don't know. It's, it's, maybe it's just boring. That's kind of where I'm at. I, I'm not in I, out. the wild could do better. I'm just, I'm assuming, but just another perspective. I think twins is one change, that I'm just like less excited about. Change the wild to the Lakers. It's very fitting. It's in the NBA. It's done with. It's in the yeah. Bring past. them back. We're over it. NHL Lakers. Huh? Might be a little confusing, but. Going back to the Twins, I think you win a championship you know, in your league, and that name's locked in. That, so I'd I'll, say I will a, give you can't that. Change that's it. pretty. That's pretty decent one, and I think the longevity of it. Like anybody who's here before the '90s, we're, we're not really changing names, right? Like that's not really a thing. But I, I just personally, I think the Twins is maybe the most boring name. We got against Minnie and Paul. Oh, it's just. It's boring. It's 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 kind of childish too. Like, the logos are like cartoony, which are, is like fine. But I feel like I don't know. I feel like I like the other logos better too. So maybe that's a piece of it for me. The bubble huge letters. Nordy fan over here. Uh, hey, Nordy would Nordy would <laughs> would do well <laughs> in a fight against TC. That smug, happy little bear. Are you kidding? Oh. <laughs> I love that the twins have a built-in mascot in Minnie and Paul, and they choose to go with yeah. a bear. It's dumb. <laughs> it's like they, had, yeah. they could have two guys <laughs> running around. They could have two mascots. That's a, that's a very unique thing, too. Like, does anyone else? They should have do the two thing where mascots? they is it like Siamese twins where they're like connected? That's what they should do. That should be the yeah. new logo. And so, like the instead of TC walking around, it's this basically Siamese twins, Minnie and Paul. So you got two people in the suit and they're just rocking it, walking around. And it's all, it's like an all time three-legged race for them. Like if they want to pick it up, it's a three-legged race. Like, I think that would be really entertaining. And then here's the idea. You bring other people. So you give a random guy, random, a random person, random person, and they're doing a three-legged race against Minnie and Paul at some point during the game. So that's a fun little thing you could add in in the fifth inning. To just, you know, fan interaction. Promotional idea. Nice. I think yeah. we at Tell Them Sports would be willing to sponsor that activity. So, Twins, front office, if you're listening, game day operations crew, let's talk. I've got something. It's not sports related, but it's Minnesota related. Oh, boy. Since we are a Minnesota podcast. I saw this on Twitter today. I had to bring it up. So... Obviously, drinking and driving is objectively terrible. Well, let's hear him out. 
But here's a tweet from the Minnesota State Patrol. This is the this is the uh, blue check Minnesota State Patrol account tweeted this out. If you're going to drink, stay home or line up a sober ride. Our trooper arrested a driver at Highway 169 in Crosstown who just blew a point four oh two. Living the dream. He also had a juvenile passenger in his vehicle. Don't put others at risk. Drive sober. Drive smart. Point Again, four he blew up point four zero two. How is it? How are his eyes? How fast even open? was he going? Do you think? Like it's either one hundred and ten oh or seven miles an hour, right? Like when you're that <laughs> drunk, like he's driving on the shoulder and, and people are ripping swerved. by. He got the window rolled down, shaking the fist at him. But no, all jokes aside, that is terribly, terribly oh irresponsible and scary. Holy moly! Good lord. He must have been drinking in the car. Because there's no way yeah. you start a car at a point four. You're just how do you even get to a car? That's that's what terrifying. I'm saying. How do you even that get in the car? It's like the scene from Wolf of Wall Street when Jordan Belfort's trying to crawl down the, <laughs> the yeah. country club steps. He's gotta drive one mile home, but he can't even get in the car. Oh my god. Ike one hundred percent sober could take 20 minutes to find his keys and this guy's just got him on lockdown at a point four zero two. He's like, I oh, got the keys, got my wallet. Triple pack. We're good to go. Let's keys. go. He's like, is the insurance up to date? Okay, good. good we should God. let's let's do this thing. Insanely coherent at that level to be able to drive. Like you gotta be face down in the muck if you're at that level. I mean yeah how do you even get on people, the highway right? without crashing the car. Good God. Where was he going? That's the question we need asked. Like, was he going to like a just hitting up a drive through like at that level? He's just like starving hungry or like, was he like, let's let's get some stuff done. Is Target still open? Like, what what was the play to the going home? Maybe he was at a Yeah, He knew he had to go get his stomach. He's like, I don't feel good. I don't feel good. And the prices on ambulances is outrageous. I won't do it. Uber was surge, so this was my option. It was surge Uber pricing. This was it. I feel like with that guy at the point four, how old of how old does the kid have to be to let it drive instead? What age is that better? Seven? <laughs> you let a seven year old drive over? Because I think I would hundred percent toss him the keys and be like, "You got a better shot at this." Probably can't even see over the yeah, can't even see over the dash. Probably going straighter than I was. Like, jeez. Five? Do you go a five-year-old? No, can't do, do five. Drive? What if it's like one of those kids like who's a big five, five-year-old? Yeah, like a big five. You let a big five-year-old do it? Double. Over a point four? This was not the hypothetical I was expecting to answer today, but... Um, well, Dalt, now that you got me on the MN State Patrol thing, um, this was an interesting little nugget. I'm on their Twitter. We're getting down rabbit crazy. holes for sure. <laughs> There's there's kind of some humor on here. Raise your hand if you think going 54 miles over the speed limit is a good idea. Nobody question mark. Got it. And then it lists my home county, McLeod County, our state trooper, stopped a driver going 84 in a 30. The driver's reward question mark, a reckless driving speed and unsafe passing ticket. So this guy's going 84 in town passing lane. Love to see that. Good Lord, shout out. I'm guessing it was in Glencoe for the record. Anybody listening out there, that no way that happens in Hutch. 
Yeah, I got Glenco written all over it. Yeah. Yeah. Nolan Leppel, looking at you, bud. There's some good stuff on this Twitter feed, though. I will give you that, Dalton. Thanks for bringing that up. Appreciate that. All right. Do we want to get back on track or just call it? I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Did you guys see I tweeted it, but then I deleted it? I had round two with the the Joker, the uh, ref I played again. Oh, I did not see this. <laughs> no, you played, played again, same again. ref. Didn't have any issues this time, but I did learn that he narrates the entire game. Like he, like he's the play-by-play guy. Just to himself, or to himself? Oh. Yeah, I because I, uh, I was on the same side that he was running this time. And, Mike's and, hot. <laughs> a kid on our team dislocated his ankle and is laying on the ground with a dislocated ankle and the, the refs talk to himself looks like a dislocation but it could be something far far worse <laughs> the, guy's, the kid on our team's like rolling around in agony and the guy's doing his play-by-play practice i'm like well i guess you got to get the reps in somehow good lord <laughs> wow I'm actually kind of surprised they asked you to come back after your uh, disgraceful showing the first time oh, okay. out. Okay, disgraceful. I wouldn't call it disgraceful. I would call it tasteful, if anything. I was succinct. I was to the point. I didn't wow. raise my voice. It was well warranted, wow. in my opinion. But then again, anyone who gets tossed thinks it's warranted. You're never in the wrong. Yeah, tasteful disqualification. It's like a tasteful nude. Question. Going back, <laughs> hello. Going back to the 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 when you got thrown out, did they like wait like they do sometimes at say baseball games or things for you to actually like gather all of your things and leave the court? Oh no, he just told me I had to leave, and I and when I showed up last week, half the team didn't even realize I got told to leave the last time. So I think that's <laughs> just, just an indictment of my out. basketball ability. <laughs> it's like. Yeah, that just that just tells you how he is on the offensive end. No, you were, oh, you were, I thought you were, you were gone? Oh. Huh. Now that you say that, we did score some more points down the stretch, didn't we? Ball was moving a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, dude, I'm rusty. I, I am super embarrassing this week. We had a three-on-one. Nice little. I had a steal. Three-on-one leading the break. And one of the people on the three-on-one was a girl on our team who was the worst player. And then the the defense the defensive guy kind of went to the Don't other know why player. Why you need to tell us that she was a girl? Not not she was just bad in general. But he went the defender oh, guy ahead. went to the went to the other player Pig. on the wing. So I was just alone. So I'm like I stop pull up for a three in transition. Oh, air ball! <laughs> air ball. <laughs> oh. And then and then turns to the girl and yells, "That was an alley oop! Get under the hoop!" It was so embarrassing. That was horrible. <laughs> I look at my hands. I'm like, ah, sweaty. You know, can't help it. But yeah, uh, one of those moments that just wanted Real. to die. Really, I was like, hey, can you toss me again? <laughs> just tell me to leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're a joke. You're a joke. You're a joke. You're a joke. Oh man, brutal. Did you win? Oh Either no, we got bodied. Games? We were down by a lot, which was another reason I'm like, gotta oh, dig us out of a hole. I'm pulling up for three. Play twos or threes, baby. <laughs> All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in. We'll leave it there this week. This was the Mini Market Podcast presented by Tellum Sports. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Tellum Sports. See you next week. Go Wolves. We're also on YouTube. Peace.
We're also on YouTube. Just in case you guys didn't know, by the way, Sweet Baby Ray's makes a really good buffalo sauce. So if you're in the market, it's really good. I'll never get those 20 minutes back in my life.